Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times of the COVID-19 pandemic, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. And with me today is Dave Buzik, retired news director at KCCI. Dave, how are you doing today? Very good. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. A little bit about Dave. Uh, he's won numerous broadcasting awards, including uh, a recent induction into the Iowa Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Thank you. Also, before becoming news director, if you're on in the 80s, you may have seen Dave on the 10 o'clock news. Dave, have you been at, have you been at KCCI your entire career then? No, actually, I, um, I started at WHO Radio. So I did three years of radio news uh, back in the late 70s. That was my first job. And then uh, I moved to KCCI in 1979 as a reporter, um, anchored the 10 o'clock with Kevin Cooney uh, through the 80s, and then went into management in the late uh, uh, 1988 and became news director January 1 of 1990. So I retired at the end of 2018 after 42, 42 years in broadcast journalism, uh, uh, nearly 40 of those at KCCI. Okay, very good. So between... Uh, the the jobs at WHO and KCCI, I can only imagine some of the challenges that you faced in terms of getting the news out in you know timely fashion, especially when we've dealt with not only the current crisis that we're dealing with now, but uh, past crises in, in terms of what you've had to deal with um, in your role. Can you talk about some of those and maybe any challenges you faced when having to deal with those and, and kind of how you led your teams through those challenges? Sure. So, you know, there are, are a couple of signature milepost events throughout my career uh, that uh, people who've been around for a few years will remember. Uh, certainly the floods of 1993, where this community was without water service for 12 days, I think it was, uh, 9-11. And then, of course, this uh, particular uh, uh, situation right now with the, the coronavirus probably tops those in terms of worldwide impact in terms of uh, journalism providing information that people absolutely must depend upon for their lives. Now, that certainly was the case in some of those earlier uh, uh, instances. But the other critical thing for journalists, like a lot of other businesses are feeling right now here and all over the world, is not only are you needing to provide what it is you're expert at providing, but your own staff and you as managers are being impacted by this uh, in very significant ways as well. So it becomes exponentially difficult to do your job at a time when everybody really needs you more than ever, and yet you've got issues where people have uh, illnesses, they have family issues, uh, there's all kinds of stuff that has come up that has made this particular uh, challenge, uh, certainly in journalism, covering coronavirus, uh, particularly difficult. Right. How did you prep your teams to be ready to deliver in a timely manner? And I guess what, what are some of the things you did to keep the morale going amongst since you had to deliver basically such devastating news? Well, it was it was devastating news that happened uh, late on a Saturday night uh, after midnight. And uh, at the station uh, just north of downtown there, at the ninth and ninth uh, and Crocker, we lost power. So uh, the flood also took out five uh, 
mid-American energy substations around uh, around downtown. Wow. Uh, they were flooded. So we not only didn't have water, but we didn't have electricity. Oh, wow. Pretty, pretty challenging to do television <laughs> without electricity. <laughs> right. Um, so luckily, one of our engineering staff uh, got a, a, a semi-sized generator somehow at two o'clock on a Sunday morning, got that thing to back up to the back door of the station, and somehow they wired it into the building, and we got enough stuff going that we got the backup uh, on the air. And of course, the main transmitter is up at uh, Alleman, and uh, it uh, was not affected by the flood, but we our studio building um, um, was. So there were all of these technical issues that we had to deal with, and for a good two weeks, uh, that uh, generator wasn't enough to power air conditioning in the building. And it was a very hot, humid July, if you remember. And there was no water, so nobody was uh, showering or they were taking fewer showers than they used to. So oh boy. you had to put up with some workplace issues. Let's oh. just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> that you can't really uh, uh, prepare for. Uh, everybody just wore old clothes and a baseball hat because their hair all, all looked grubby. But I think the, you know, the main takeaways from episodes like that um, uh, and, and something like 9-11 is uh, communication is just absolutely key, Mike. Um, you, as, as much as everybody says you cannot over-communicate with your staff, boy, it is uh, particularly true in a crisis uh, at, at a time like that because rumors get started. People are upset. And as managers, um, you're pulled in so many different directions um, that you uh, you just have to absolutely make sure that you are walking around talking to people, taking their temperature, um, uh, patting people on the back, listening to their issues. And of course it becomes extremely difficult because, you know, I guess you would say I was a middle manager. I ran a, a big department, 50 to 60 people, but I had a boss upstairs and there were corporate bosses, uh, uh, um, elsewhere around the country that owned our company. And so the tendency for a lot of managers is you get pulled into that upstairs stuff, right. so many meetings, so much strategy, and you take your eye off the ball on, in your own department that you're running. And that's what becomes a, a particular challenge. So communication is absolutely key. Um, You've got to set a fine example of just being there all the time. These were uh, uh, situations where people just had to work a lot of hours, and that's certainly what's happening right now. So um, you've got to just kind of keep people fired up, keep them motivated. Don't let them get burned out, though. So, you know, one of the things that we found is we would just go to some creative shifts. We might do 12 on, 12 off. Um, And and so people could kind of, uh, 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 do their work and then go home and take care of their stuff and rest up and take care of their families. That tends to work in a 24 hour uh, a day business uh, like uh, broadcast journalism is. And then the other key takeaway is every army runs on its stomach and it just bring in food as much as you can. Now, that, now that's a particular problem right now too, but there are a lot of restaurants out there, you know, that are willing to do, to do uh, uh, takeout. So we, we, during the floods of 93, we served three meals a day, a, a, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Cause we were there 24 right. hours a day and we just found a caterer who did nothing but bring in food uh, to KCCI and feed our entire staff. Now, is that, you know, an expense that, uh, that you budget for? Of course not, but you absolutely have to do it. Absolutely. So in terms we, we've talked about, you know, the morale that you've done for uh, teams and things that you've done, help them get through uh, for the, for the listener that may be a newcomer to the leadership role. What are some of the things that you do personally to kind of, get yourself in the right space, whether it's listening to music or, you know, 
having art that you can look at or, you know, being spiritual, practicing yoga, things like that? What are some of the things that you do to kind of help prepare yourself to be a leader? Well, a lot of those things you have to do before you get into a crisis management situation. And I think the most important thing is just to be healthy. Um, That means uh, getting good exercise, eating properly, uh, getting good sleep, uh, having some kind of form of, uh, um, you know, release of whatever it is. Uh, I would go out and, um, and I hit tennis balls like crazy with a friend. And, um, and, and I found that that was a lot cheaper and healthier than therapy <laughs> to just go out and get my aggressions out uh, on the tennis court. You know, so those kinds of things can happen. But when you get into a crisis management situation, a lot of it is stamina and you just have to be a strong person. You have to be strong physically. You have to be strong mentally because you have to be there for your team. And then you have to come home and deal with issues uh, in your family and be strong for your family as well. But a lot of that is just kind of living the right lifestyle uh, before you get uh, you get into those kinds of, uh, of situations. So to wrap things up, based on your experiences um, as a news director and, you know, in the broadcast journalism field, if you had to give me three, and I think you, you may allude to, have alluded to one earlier being communication, but if you had to give me three, um, what top three lessons would you give to a newbie in the leadership area to help them get through this particular coronavirus crisis now? I would point to three. Number one, communication we've already talked about. Uh, Number two, be decisive. Your staff is looking for people to make decisions. This is not the time for hand-wringing. Be decisive and then move on. Don't look back. Even if it's a wrong decision, sometimes the best thing you can do for your staff and for your company is just make a decision and and uh, and move on. And then uh, number three, I think it's be open during times like this to other ideas and listen because you don't have all the answers. Listen to your staff. They're the ones that are out there dealing with your customer base, uh, in our case, dealing with viewers, dealing with newsmakers, and they would come back with ideas on how we might do things a little bit better and uh, or a little bit differently. And I think the tendency is sometimes it's like, oh, this is not a time for anything new because we're just so overwhelmed keeping uh, the machine running and feeding the beast. But that actually is the wrong instinct. That is absolutely the time to have an open mind, not a closed mind, and and, uh, implement some of these uh, new ideas. I would point out one example, if I could, in the area of journalism um, right now. What are you seeing when you watch a TV newscast right now? You're not seeing the perfectly produced uh, a, a newscast with people in studio with perfect lighting, perfect hair, perfect clothes, and, and, and a perfect microphone. You're seeing people on their um, on their cell phones uh, in their home, out on the street, and it's okay. So really, this is a new way of storytelling, and I think this is going to be kind of a watershed period um, for for broadcast journalism for sure. That these kinds of uh, storytelling techniques that are accessible really to everybody are going to become a lot more accepted than they have been uh, before this uh, crisis happened. I couldn't agree more. Dave, thank you for uh, taking the time uh, to chat with us today. Stay healthy um, and enjoy the rest of your day. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.